Yes, it scores! 5-4 into 10 in overtime! Across the 5, the deuce is loose! Touchdown, Elks! Trade forward into the end zone. Edmonton's home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. So John Tavares of the Maple Leafs up to 999 career points as he has a goal tonight. It's into the third period. Leafs trailing the Islanders 3-2 as Tavares tries to get to 1,000 against the other team he played for. The Sabres lead the Coyotes 4-1. That's about six minutes into the third. Early second period. Dallas has a 2-1 lead on Detroit. And coming up in about half an hour, Calgary plays at Colorado. The Edmonton Oilers off today, hosting Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks tomorrow night, 6.30 for the face-off show. Game at 8 here on 6.30. Chad, we'll have more on the Blackhawks from their play-by-play voice, John Weideman, as we move along tonight. He's going to join me in about 10 minutes. The uh, Blackhawks and San Jose sitting in last place in the... Western Conference. I guess technically San Jose is last because they've played more games. So a team that the Oilers can hopefully jump on tomorrow night and keep rolling. Seven consecutive wins for the Oilers. That uh, equals the third longest winning streak in franchise history. They've uh, got to nine twice, including at the end of the last regular season. Football tonight. There are two Monday nighters. Green Bay and the Giants tied 7-7 about three minutes into the second quarter. And halfway through the second quarter, the Dolphins up 7 nothing on the Tennessee Titans. The scoreboard presented by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Uh, Kellen Kennedy down the hall. I think Shoei Otani just bought the show. Oh, I think really? he just bought Inside Sports. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no word on our statuses. No. <laughs> Kellen's just like, well, okay. I guess I had a good run. To be determined. <laughs> Uh, he, he did not buy the show. Uh, we're going to talk more about that, too, with uh, former big league pitcher, local guy, Mike Johnson, who pitched for the Expos. It was with a couple or, or other organizations as well. Uh, this is really interesting about Tani. He's going to defer $68 million. Uh, at least this is according to sources close to the deal. He'll defer $68 million of his annual $70 million salary. So the deferred money, he will then get paid between 2034 and 2043. Why not? Uh, why not? I, 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 and apparently he makes around $45 million a year through endorsements. So he could afford to put off some of the actual salary until later. Right. <laughs> Set for life. <laughs> yes. He's, 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 he should be okay. I, I, they, how irresponsible would you have to be? Like, I, I know there was the, the famous ESPN 30 for 30 a few years ago. I can't remember what it was called, but it was about players who ran out of money. You know, we've in the NHL, he's now an oiler. I mean, Evander Kane has declared bankruptcy. I mean, you know, Theo Fleury had issues. We, we've seen we've seen players go through millions and millions of dollars or, or have issues with money. Is there a point in which, like, how, how could you possibly spend that much? Even if you were completely incompetent with money and you're spending and had no self-control, could you even spend that amount of money? I guess you could. I guess you could just keep buying yachts or airplanes. I don't know. Mm. Or minor league baseball franchises. I don't know. But uh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. 
It is. Uh, I, I, I would think, though, that there would be people... There, there would be signs if you were spending too much, but like the people around you, that's to be like, mm, you know, you have yeah, like bad investments. I guess so just ready. Do you really need thirteen or you know? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? You have twelve yachts already. Do you? Oh, really yachts, need thirteen. Yes. You know, so yeah, we need an inside sports yacht. Yeah, we do. Yeah, uh, we can, I mean, we can Kurt- play yacht rock on our yacht. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Kurt Schilling. Um, now, did he declare bankruptcy, or did his video game company declare? I think his video eight company, Thirty Eight Studios. I'm just looking this up now. Declared bankruptcy. Mm, right. Uh, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, but so I mean, I guess it could happen. Bad investment, you lose money. Um, uh, Schilling expected to have the same success off the diamond. He started. I'm reading this from. Uh, Fahairlaw.com. He started a company called 38 Studios. The company intended to create a World of Warcraft rival competitor. I did not know, but I didn't know that was the thing. So he wanted to make a game that would rival World of Warcraft, which I have never played. But is that the one where you actually have an online avatar and you sort of exist in the online world? Basically. I've never played it myself. I have friends that are into that and that stuff, and that's the idea that I get at least. So uh, Schilling, at the time of the company filing for bankruptcy, had $22 million in assets, assets, but $151 million in debt. Schilling lost $50 of his... uh, $50. $50 million. I lost 50 bucks. Help me. Uh, Schilling lost $50 million of his own personal money. Had to auction off some of his personal memorabilia, including the now famous Bloody Sock. I thought the Sock was in the Hall of Fame. Anyway. uh, I think it it is. So I guess if you you were that poor with your money, even somebody like Shohei Otani could go bankrupt. Mm. But he's obviously planning against that. So he'll take a very small salary relative to his $70 million. He'll take a $2 million salary, make around $45 million in endorsements, and then defer the rest of his salary to get paid between 2034 and 2043. Mm-hmm. So, so he's got enough now. By the end of his playing career, he could probably get in on an ownership. He might just buy the Dodgers. Yeah. Well, he could just retire and buy the Dodgers and just be like, hey, you know what? I'll just buy the team. Thanks, get guys. Get in on team ownership somewhere, right? So, Well, that's what I, that's what I wonder sometimes because now we're going through this – through generations of players who it's beyond just I can live I can live comfortably and and not really worry about money you know if you're smart mm-hmm. like I can I can take care of my family uh, you know I can I can have everything I need I can have the golf membership I can travel it's it's gone beyond that right to just these 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 almost incomprehensible sums of money. So, yeah, what what like are are like in 20 years from well, I mean Derek Jeter uh bought a um part of the Marlins, right? Right. Yep. So is is that where we're going to be? So I don't, I don't know if he's still with the team. But anyway, he that's what he did. So is is that's what's going to happen? We're going to have these players who just have so much money. It's beyond just like, hey, I have several million dollars in the bank, and I can divide it down, sort of give myself a, a salary annually, and, and I live comfortably. They just have mm-hmm. so much put away or worth so much. Are they just going to buy teams? I mean, there's that option. There's also the option that they get together and live golf the thing and decide to start a rival league, too. 
You know, you can't count anything that, out. Well, wow, you're really going. That's, you're really you know. going science fiction now, buddy. <laughs> would it, would but James hey, Caan star know, in it? Right? Would it be Rollerball? Without was that what it would be? Uh, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I, I love how you just went there, Kellen. They're going to start a rival league. Well, he's just going to start another. Uh, we're just going to start another major league baseball. You don't Jeter know how Otani. the next Why ten not? years is going to shape up. We really don't. Well, I, uh, robot robot players. Why not? Yeah, robot umps. So anyway, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you want to tell us what you would do with uh, seventy million dollars a year, how much would you defer? It is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pros' choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling. System certainty pro all the way. You can email inside sports at 630ched.com. Uh, we will get to John Wideman from the Blackhawks play by play share when we bring you back to inside sports. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Had seventy million dollars a year to pay guests of this show. A good chunk would go to this guy. He's the play-by-play voice for the Chicago Blackhawks. John Weideman checking in tonight. John, it's Reed. How you been? Reed, I am doing just fine. And you say seventy million? I mean, dude, I'll take half of that. I mean, uh, that would get me out of a huge hole. Are you kidding me? No, yeah. no, I'm just kidding around. But no, that'd be very nice. So wouldn't it be nice if all your guests just just get seventy million? Yeah, go on the Reed Wilkins show. You're in seventy million. Yeah, you're fine. Great you're gig. you're set. What what's the? Ch- I know uh, I I know you traveled uh, today, but you guys had a home game yesterday. What's the chatter? Uh, you know, in a great sports city, couple baseball teams like Chicago. What's the chatter there with the Otani deal? Oh, I got to tell you, there are a lot of Cubs fans that are just truly heartbroken. And, you know, the whole time, I got to tell you, Reed, I believe the Jays were going to get him. I really did. And I remember uh, talking to my colleague, Joe Brand, who does our uh, pre- and uh, intermissions and post-game, and he's a big baseball guy. And I said, Joe, I said, I- I'll lay five bucks on the counter here that it's good. he's going to go to the Blue Jays. It's just something about it. I had a, just, just a, a vibe about it. It. And I think up until the last minute, he was going to go there. But, you know, look at the Dodgers. What do they do? They wait until they see the best offer, and then they go, okay, we'll give you $15 million more or whatever. I don't know how that transacts. But, you know, I'm kind of bummed because I wanted to see him play for the Jays. I thought he could really help that ball club, you know, come back and rise to prominence. And I, I, I just I, I like American League baseball. And I've always liked the Blue Jays, had kind of a fondness for them way back in the, even in the 70s, you know, when they first came in. Um, and I uh, was kind of hoping he'd go there, but he didn't. And, hey, $700 million later, he's a Dodger. That's uh, how it goes. Uh, forgive me if I've asked you this before. I, I can't remember. Did you ever call any baseball along the way? I, I've done some baseball, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a different pace than hockey, boy. <laughs> a little bit, eh? <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, if you're calling a baseball game, you better have a lot of fill. So, you know, some of the great play-by-play guys in the game of baseball, I mean, Vin Scully, I don't mean to go Dodger on you again, but Vin Scully had story after story after story, and he could keep the listeners focused just with the sound of his voice. And he was truly the master. And Kurt Gowdy, it was, I thought, was very, very good. Al Michaels, most recently, I think, has been very good. Um, you know, there are a number of play-by-play guys in baseball 
ball. But, um, you know, to me, those were the guys that really made it special. And, you know, you, you talk about Ernie Harwell of the Tigers, uh, Marty Brenneman with the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, I could go on and on. Those guys, they, they felt the game of baseball. They lived the game of baseball, and they really brought it to life on the airwaves. Yeah, for sure. Well, a, a long career uh, in hockey for you. You've seen a lot with the Blackhawks, obviously uh, a few years removed from being a powerhouse and trying to build up again. And they appear to have a young man who's taken the reins. Uh, Connor Bedard is their leading scorer <laughs> with 11 goals and 23 points in 27 games. Tell yeah. me your pre- early impressions of him here. I like this kid. I mean, Connor, he comes from a really good family. Uh, I've, I've had occasion to get to know his dad, Tom, a little bit. Very nice guy. Uh, his mom, Melanie, just seems like a, just a homespun Canadian mom that's, you know, supporting her son's efforts playing hockey. Um, and Connor is, I, you know, I, I don't know Connor that well because I, I've kind of been kept at a distance because everybody else has as well. I mean, I see him on the charter and on the buses and things like that, and every now and then I'll have occasion at the rink to go over and fist bump with him and say hi and you know how you doing Connor that kind of thing but I, I, I give him his space typically but as far as a player is concerned uh, I, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing I believe he's the goods uh, I just think he needs a little help um, you know he, he just turned 18 this past summer okay now when Reed when you were 18 years old were you mature enough to play in the National Hockey League even if you had the skills like if you had yeah. Connor Bedard's skills no way were yeah. you you mature enough to play in the National Hockey League, the best league in the world, against men who are trying to make sure that you didn't succeed against them. You know, he's got a tall order that he's taken on, but he's got a terrific attitude. He's got tremendous work ethic, and he wants to win. And I just love that about him. There's this innate passion with with uh, Connor that you know you're, you're born with it. I don't think you really can develop that. I think you're born with it, and Connor certainly has it. I expect big things out of him and the Blackhawks in the future but as I said I think he just needs a little help right now. So look I, I see the highlights uh, I, I haven't seen a lot of entire games for the Hawks I mean a lot of nights they're playing the same time as the Oilers um, so is he because cons- a lot about his shot and how he can get it off is he consistently making dangerous shots even when they're not going in you know what I'm getting at? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah he's you can see him. He's kind of calculating in his moves. Like, he'll have the puck, and he'll be coming up ice. And as soon as he crosses center ice into the attacking zone, his head's way up, right? So I don't think he's ever – I mean, God forbid he ever gets hit with a blindside type of check because, I mean, his, his head's up. He's not looking down at his stick to make sure that the puck is there. And he has that feel in his hands for, you know, the stick and the puck on the end of his stick plate. Um, but you can see what he does. He, he kind of maneuvers him himself into an area where he makes the defender make a decision. Am I going to step up on him and try and poke check? Am I going to position myself so that he, if he shoots, I can block it? Or am I going to try and push him wide? I, you know, they've got to they've got to make those decisions on the fly, and Connor forces that. And right now, Luke Richardson, Blackhawks head coach, has been using a couple of different line mates on his line to try and enable him to get more open ice so that he can get 
get those opportunities to shoot. And when he does shoot, a lot of his shots have gone high, and I think that's kind of a reflection of you know his youth and being new to the National Hockey League. But some of them have hit the net, and I mean, they've been impressive shots. You can see him come down on a defender and do a little toe drag maneuver to try and move the puck maybe a foot wide of where it was or a foot inside of where it was so that he can get a better shooting angle. And his release is unbelievable. Um, so it's it's really been a lot of fun to watch. And you, you see him shoot the puck, and you kind of hold your breath for a second with every shot saying, is this one going in? But, you know, uh, it's just been a lot of fun to call. And uh, I just I see so many great things on the horizon for this kid. Um, I, I'm not going to. I'm not asking you about the Corey Perry situation specifically, but he's not on the team anymore, and Taylor Hall is out for the season. Um, you know how how difficult is that losing those two guys who were supposed to a be productive and b I assume kind of mentor Bedard a little bit along the way as well. Yeah, the only thing I'm going to reply on Corey Perry, and I really don't feel like I should say very much because I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened, and truthfully, I don't want to know. I'm I'm glad that I was kept in the dark, uh, so to speak. On I, I wasn't kept in the dark, but I just I didn't need to know. So I, I don't know. I'll, I'll plead ignorance, and to me, I'm comfortable with that. And um, you know, I, I'm kind of glad that the situation is heading downstream because uh, I believe this hockey team they've struggled mightily, in, you know, in the last couple of years to regain, you know, a, a position within the hockey community that's respected. Yeah. And I think Kyle Davidson and Norm McIver, the guys that run the hockey upside, they have they have done yeoman's work to try and position this team, you know, to be competitive now and in the future. And that kind of a thing just detracts from their efforts, and they deserve better than that. I think we all deserve better than that. So let's just hope that, you know, in time something else will happen and that situation can just sort of fade away. As far as Taylor Hall is concerned, as you know, he was the number one pick in the draft by the Oilers several years ago. And the Taylor Hall that came to Chicago is not the kid that played here in Edmonton. He's a mature man now with uh, children, and uh, it it pained me to see him get injured down in Tampa on the mom's trip, especially since his mom was in the crowd and saw it happen. And uh, you know, when I found out that he was going to be lost to the team for the season, I knew right then and there that that was going to mean two things. Number one, the Blackhawks weren't going to have the benefit of his offensive expertise and his ability to maybe make Connor Bedard a better player and maybe. Maybe Connor Bedard could make Taylor a better player in some way, okay? But I also knew that with his departure that that was going to create opportunity for, for some other kids. And read what we've seen here in the last couple of weeks is we've seen a fair number of players come up from Rockford in the American Hockey League and make a contribution. And it's primarily been on the defense, but there have been some forwards that have come up and they've worked hard and they've made the team a lot more competitive and exciting. Okay. Well, this will be a fun one tomorrow night. It's going to be a good atmosphere. I mean, anytime the Hawks come to town, you know, they're an original six team with with a lot of support, and uh, it's going to be uh, seeing uh, really cool. I, I mean, I saw Bedard play here as an Oil King, but uh, it's going to be different now that he's in uh, against the Oil King, so it's going to be different now he's going up against the Oilers. John, I know, you, I know you traveled today. You're always so generous with your time. I really appreciate you hopping on, and I'll see you at the morning skate tomorrow. 
Yeah, Reed, sounds good. And by the way, that, that $70 million, can I get that in 10s and 20s? Is that possible? Yes, I'm, I'm bringing it to the morning skate. We're all good. I'm going to have big bags of money like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I get, I get the Brinks truck back into the Zamboni tunnel. <laughs> yeah, that's <up> awesome. <laughs> See you, John. <laughs> Take care, Reed. Good talking to you. That is the uh, always entertaining and informative, informative John Weidman from the Chicago Blackhawks play-by-play booth. All right. Uh, we'll dive a little deeper into uh, Otani and the contract with Fauver Expos pitcher Mike Johnson when we get back.